Hey, my name is J.D. Larson, one of the pastors at North City Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. I hope this inspires and equips you to love God more deeply and to love your neighbor as yourself. At North City, our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, and we hope this message emboldens you to do just that in whatever space God has sent you to. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch with the conversations North City is having. And if you want to find out more about our community, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or online at NorthCityChurchMPLS.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, everybody. JD here. How are you? Uh, thanks for joining us on this Microchurch Sunday. If you're just watching online, we'd be uh, thrilled to get connected with you. If you have uh, questions about what microchurches are, what I'm doing here to set up discussion in different microchurches, please reach out to us. Text hello to the number in the description down below, and we'd love to get connected with you. Hey, microchurches, how's it going? How's it going for Aspen Covenant Church, a new church plant that's, I'm sure, watching this digital North City community. Maybe you're a part of a North City community and you're watching this later after your discussion or maybe even before your discussion. Welcome. Uh, We're a decentralized community uh, today. We've been that way a lot for different reasons this year, but we should really celebrate that. That's a real asset of our community that we can have smaller expressions of who we are as North City, but still be connected to the same mission of loving our neighbors in the way of Jesus. Now, one more thing that's going to connect us in this next season is Lent, is this season that church all over the globe and throughout time has entered into in, in anticipation of Easter. So as we enter into this season, I'm excited for this conversation we're going to have called the Upside Down Journey Towards Resurrection. More on that in a little bit. Let me just read you a description of what Lent is for our community and for these churches or churches all over the globe that we're joining in this practice with. And maybe think about, uh, because of what this means for the church, what it could mean for you. Lent is a 40-day season of reflection and preparation for Easter. We're looking forward to Easter, not just because it'll be warmer weather. The celebration of Jesus' death and resurrection. It's a time for repentance. It's a time for considering considering Christ's suffering and rethinking how we're called to take up our own crosses. It's a time to examine our life and to receive an invitation of Jesus into an upside-down journey to an abundant, resurrected life. To enter into this season in a tangible way, some people choose to give something up, chocolate, Netflix, alcohol, social media, and or integrate something new into their life, like meditation, prayer, or just the practice of connecting with God more often. Lent is a season to rethink how we live and to let something go or maybe even develop some new habit in the way of Jesus. Really, why we're calling this uh, sermon series an upside-down journey towards resurrection is when you start to look at the Lenten season, when you start to look at the cross and resurrection, when you start to look at Jesus's journey towards those milestones in his own life, you realize that through Jesus's teaching, through his own life, he's always turning our perspective of how life ought to be upside down 
so he can make it new again. Let me say that again. Jesus is always challenging the people who he's walking alongside, the people who are following him to look at their life differently so that they can step into a new way, a better way of being. So as we enter into this Lenten season, as your pastor, as your friend, some of you, I have this hope for you that this season can be a new beginning. I hope that you can find on our way to Easter and after a new beginning. We're all looking for a new beginning in our own ways, aren't we? It's been quite a 2020, even in early 2021. We're waiting longingly for the end of this pandemic or for the new normal to arrive. And in the midst of this time where we're longing and waiting, that's really what the Lenten season is. And it's a time to self-examine and ask questions. Is there a new beginning that needs to happen in our own souls and our own life? And when our life has been so disrupted, as many of ours has this year, that's actually an invitation Here's an upside down kingdom thing is that's actually an invitation to enter in to a deeper resurrected life with Jesus. A journey towards life, new beginning and resurrection is not what we expect. It's an upside down journey. It's not the script that we're normally handed. It's actually a pattern, this, uh, death to life pattern, this upside down pattern throughout scripture, Jesus rhetorically and in his own life is constantly turning things upside down and helping people understand and get out of the ruts or the scripts that they've been handed to him. He talks about the kingdom of God and entering into his life like a small little mustard seed. He talks about how to truly receive, we often get invited to enter into a season of giving. He says things like the last will be first and the first will be last. He says things like let the little children, the people on the margins, come to me and be the center of what I'm about. He says those who serve most will be the greatest, not the other way around. If you want to have life, he says, you must lose it. All of these phrases kind of come to a head rhetorically or in his teachings, I think in many different ways, but in particular in verse uh, 34 through 37 of Mark's gospel, when he just puts it bluntly, he says, then he called to the crowd among, uh, uh, to him along with the disciples and said, whoever wa- uh, wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me, whoever wants to live in the way of Jesus must deny themselves. And take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, will save it. What good is it? And these are words that all of us need to sit with and meditate in this season. What good is it that someone would gain the whole world yet forfeit their very soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So in this Lenten season, in this upside down journey towards resurrection, I hope that you can receive this invitation that the God of the universe might meet you in this season, might meet our church in this season and invite us back to life. But it might not be the invitation that we expect. 
And it might not be the easy journey that we're often sold when people sell us things that will bring us life. So this sets us towards Easter. It sets us up towards having these conversations around Jesus's teaching and his own life. It sets us up to look towards the passion narrative that first week in April, where Jesus does the ultimate upside down thing and gives his life, dies, and is buried for three days, and then everything changes. It's the ultimate new beginning that we're looking for. So let's enter into the season and let's enter in by having a conversation today about one of the first ways that Jesus uh, turns things upside down for the people around him for the better, for a new beginning in their own life. So there in your micro churches, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 14 through 20, or if you're reading with or if you're watching with us, it'll be on on the screen as well. And you can do some reflecting on this. Whenever we engage scripture in these Sundays, we're always uh, doing so for discussion or reflection. And we have in our mind these questions of what's standing out to us? What questions do we have? We think the scripture can handle questions. And what do we think the Holy Spirit is saying to us? It's not just about what JD is saying today. It's about what the Holy Spirit is saying in your discussions and in your life. So let's enter into that practice and read Mark 14 through 20. Before we do, I just want to say some things about this text so you know where this story is coming from. This is the very beginning of Mark's gospel, the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. Uh, some of the first few words that he says we're going to read today, first few interactions according to Mark. And one thing about Mark's gospel is he is blunt or to the point. He is right to the meat of the matter. And he uh, has the shortest gospel. Most of the other gospels actually were written with a copy of Mark's gospel right next to it as a reference point. It's the earliest gospel that we have, one of the earliest New Testament writings uh, that we have, and it's brief and to the point. Now, a bit of it contextually about the story that you're going to read. Israel is longing for a new beginning. The people of Israel that Jesus comes to in love are longing for a restart, something new to come. They've been longing for what's called a Messiah, someone to come and bring a new uh, beginning. They're in the midst of a lot of suffering. They're under the Roman oppression. Uh, they're longing for the semblance of what God's kingdom used to be like, where they followed his leadership, where he gave them life and happiness and vitality they're not experiencing much of that right now. So there's a pent up desire. And then John the Baptist comes on the scene and starts preaching uh, in the wilderness saying that is coming soon. And then, of course, God himself comes in the form of Jesus and he has an announcement and a life and a ministry to give. So let's jump in in chapter 14 and pick up the story from there. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of, beside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the lake. For they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. When he had gone, 
A little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and uh, with the hired men and followed Jesus. So, what's standing out to you? What questions do you have? What might the Spirit be saying to us? There's three things that I want to point out as your pastor to kind of set you up for discussion, some more things to think about, or maybe things to reflect on. The first thing is, yes, you heard it. Jesus said gospel. Jesus said good news. That phrase in there in verse 15, the good news, that's actually the same word that we get the word gospel. So when we share the gospel about Jesus, it's important to realize that Jesus shared the gospel before he even died on the cross and resurrected. He was sharing good news before he even accomplished that. It's important because we need to realize that the good news of Jesus isn't just Easter itself. It's the full gospel, the full good news of God's kingdom, his leadership coming near to us on earth. And what he's calling people to do to repent and believe, that word repentance, uh, often we think of that on signs with people hollering from street quarters. That's not really what Jesus had in mind. Jesus had a turning around or a turning something upside down, thinking through something differently, changing someone's life. Jesus had in mind an upside-down journey towards God's leadership and life and new life in these people's life. So this invitation to repent and believe for these disciples and for all of them, I find these uh, in the text, there's a break between them. There's a paragraph break. That's like an arbitrary break. That's not in scripture. I think that the stories of Jesus calling these disciples, these fishermen, is actually a great application story of what it means to repent and believe the good news of Jesus. So the invitation ultimately in this season is one of repentance and belief. Yeah, sometimes that might be just being honest with something, a hang-up that we have in our own life and reasserting our trust in Jesus. But it's often a slow and subtle, like Romans says, be renewed by the transforming of your mind where we're continually turning towards the cross, continually turning towards the way of Jesus. So the question I have for you is, what does that look like in this season for you? I would love for you to just spend some time thinking about what turning towards Jesus and believing and renewing your trust in him looks like in this season. Maybe as I point out a few more things as you reflect on this as a group, some of those things might come up for you. The second thing is, isn't it just crazy? This story that Jesus rolls up to these guys and says, come, follow me. Now, I said Mark was brief and blunt, so probably there was more of a dialogue here, but maybe there wasn't. Maybe that was just a rich spiritual moment. When we were dwelling on this as a staff, Adobe just wondered with us, like, how did God prepare these uh, men to receive this call from Jesus? Was the Holy Spirit doing something in their lives before this that they were willing to leave their families? I want us to just drill in on this episode a little bit. Maybe you can do this in your discussion or reflection. Just think about what it was like for them to say yes to Jesus in this moment. And I think if we think about that, we understand how much sacrifice, how much letting go, how much faith 
there is in responding to Jesus and following the way of Jesus. These are men who are on a solid career path. These are men who have success in their sights in the eyes of the world. Don't, don't get it wrong. The fishermen today maybe are not upper class, but these guys have established family careers. Their aunts and uncles know what they're going to do when they grow up. They know that they're going to take over Zebedee's business in John and James's instance. They know what a secure decision is. They know what the pathway to financial success in their life looks like. They know what won't disrupt their family. They know what will please their mother and father and their family of origin. And yet Jesus comes with an upside down invitation and offers them a life that's better than them trying to create one for their own. Maybe in this season, there's an invitation for us in that. Maybe Jesus is inviting us as a church to receive the same invitation. I got to tell you that I have gone through waves of grief with 2020 and 2021, as I know all of us have, because it's been such a disruption to what we had hoped for. And I got to tell you, I've had to grieve and let go and uh, turn away from my ideal version of what I thought 2020 and 2021 were going to be like, what I thought success was going to be like. And I've had to grieve the loss of my goals, if you will. And we as a church, in the, some, some sense of the same way, we have this vision of sitting around tables with our neighbors, eating with them, and some of that will return, yes. But there's part of us that has to grieve and let go what we had hoped for the church to be so that, in some sense, we can be open to a new beginning of what Jesus has for North City, for Aspen Covenant Church, uh, for the churches, for the micro churches that you're a part of. So, what nets are you still holding onto in this season? What nets are you tempted to tug along with you when you say yes to Jesus in your life? What does that look like in your life? The last thing I'll say is this is great masterful foreshadowing for a conversation that happens later in Mark with James and John. There's this moment later in the gospel where they come to Jesus in private and they say, Jesus, can we talk to you? And Jesus has this line that has always just stuck with me. He says, what is it that I can do for you? What is it that you want me to do for you? That's what he replies to him. Can you imagine just Jesus saying that to you? What is it that I can do for you. And they reply, unfortunately, with this request to be at the right and left hand of Jesus when he comes into his glory. Now, this is evidence of a couple things. The first thing is that these disciples, even though they look like just faithful rock stars, they had really didn't know the full picture of what they were saying yes to. And that might sound like we're demeaning them, but actually that's humanizing what it means to follow Jesus. We're never going to have the full picture. We're always just going to have an invitation to come and trust. And even in that, later on, when Jesus is about to go and uh, be put to death and raised to life, they're still asking to be basically generals in the new government that he is going to institute. 
In other words, they don't quite get it. They don't always see the full picture. But what they're willing to do is they're willing to give their next yes to Jesus. They're willing to give their next yes to Jesus, even when they don't have all the answers. I don't know about you, but when I look at these rock star uh, stories in the New Testament of these people who are just leaving everything and going, it's certainly inspiring for me, but it's, it, it's, it gives me confidence to know that these men and women who follow Jesus were honestly sometimes struggling. Honestly, sometimes like all these guys went back to being fishermen the day after Jesus died. Like they struggle with faith sometimes. And so if you're hearing this and you're entering into this Lenten season, I just want to give you some encouragement to just give Jesus your next yes. Because though the upside down invitation towards life might be hard and be full of sacrifice, sometimes it is completely 100% worth it. And even though we don't always have all the answers, if we give our next yes to Jesus, there is new life and a new beginning on the other side of that. So what's your next yes look like? What are the nets that keep you from giving that yes fully to Jesus? Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for joining this conversation. Let me pray and release you uh, into your groups or into a time of reflection if you're just watching this online. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray, God, for your leadership in this Lenten season for our community. God, uh, we, with all the faith we can muster, just say to you, we let our lives go. We let our church go back into your hands, God, and trust even though we don't have all the answers, even though the path isn't particularly clear, we trust in your resurrection power to bring about new beginning in our life. Jesus, we give you our next yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Christian Ann of North City Church. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. We hope you feel more empowered to love your neighbors in the way of Jesus. If you have thoughts or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message on our website, northcitychurchmpls.com backslash sermons. Learn more about the North City community there as well. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. A special thanks goes out to Ben Noble for the music on this podcast. If you haven't heard Ben Noble's music yet, check it out at bennoblemusic.com. Let me send you into your day with this blessing. May God give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear all that God is doing in the world around you. And may he give you the courage to respond. Amen.